Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. Give your glucose alerts and readings from the G7. Do not match symptoms or expectations. Use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Here we go. Off and running. Live today. Mitch Moss, Matt Humans filling in today for Polly Howard. And we are in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. We have uh, quite the three hour show lined up. Wow. How about these guests? Okay. So this is quite the list. I think maybe more guests than ever on this show. Uh, professional sports better Frank B comes up in an hour. So you've heard us talk about player props in the Super Bowl for like 10 shows now. Well, Frank B is one of the best to do it. Um, and he'll tell us what he likes in the Super Bowl. Johnny Avello from DraftKings will talk about liability and props are going to get killed on. And uh, later on in the show, we have Dick Vermeil, Super Bowl winning coach. Not Jonathan Von Tobel. On the graphics. Um, I, I said, do we have a late sub here? Yeah. What, what happened to Dick Vermeil? I see JVT's photo in there. They are not related. No, they don't look much alike. Uh, I think good question for Dick Vermeil. Did he ever use the point spread as motivation during, he, during his many, many years as coach in the NFL? Uh, how about this? Ed Orgeron today on the show. How about that? I think it's great to have Coach O on today. He's one of my favorite characters in uh, college football. I am looking forward to having him on more than like any other like non-sports betting guest who right. does it for like a living or sure. is in this racket, maybe in the history of this show. I can't <laughs> in the history to, of the show? I can't wait to Man, talk to Man, that's a bold statement. Okay. Uh, and Sal Palantonio on the program. Uh, he fires, by the way. He'll be on, and he's live in Los Angeles for the big game. You know, this is a, it's a unique uh, week, Matt, because of the 18-week season in the NFL sure. and 17 games pushed back. Well, that also means that we get the NBA trade deadline during the same week. So you have like these two worlds colliding where it's like, okay, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, but hold on a second here. We're going to get potential chaos in the NBA because the deadline comes up in a little bit more than 24 hours. And we saw some of the moves that took place yesterday. The Pelicans got it going early with the Blazers and McCollum and Lillard, that backcourt now so successful for so many years, broken up and he goes to New Orleans and um, one thing that Jonathan Von Tobel did tip off, our NBA analyst here on VEASAN yesterday, is that maybe search around for Pelicans to make the playoffs at a very high number mm-hmm. for this team to go on a run. If Zion comes back eventually, that might not be a bad angle. And then later on in the day, I think it was this was a head-scratching move by the Kings. So they were involved, so automatically the like default reaction is going to be, yeah, that is a head-scratcher. Now, Sabonis is a really nice player. This is not to insult him. Like he's a he's a really good player at the NBA level for the Pacers. 
He goes to the Kings along with uh, Jeremy Lamb and another player. Wow, he traded Jeremy Lamb twice. Twice over, yeah. He's going to be very productive. Woj's tweet, the Pacers are trading DeMontis Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, and Jeremy Lamb to Sacramento. And the Kings dealt 21-year-old Tyrese Halliburton. What are the Kings doing here? Buddy Heald and Tristan Thompson. They packaged Halliburton and Heald to a team that's a non-contender. Mm. This whole thing is just, it reeks of ineptitude. Well, I mean, uh, the Sacramento Kings for the last uh, 20 years or so have reeked of ineptitude. And this a continuation of a trend, Mitch, with this franchise. He's 21, Matt. I know. I, I, <clears throat> they've, got, they've drafted some good young talent in recent years, and I've made a lot of draft mistakes as well. Well. Uh, but the... If you think about the Aaron Fox and some of the young players the Kings have had, uh, they should have had a foundation at this point to be a playoff team, and that's not the case. Okay, so, and we will tie this into actionable betting advice coming up here in a few minutes and maybe how to approach the Kings moving forward. But when you look at their draft and, you know, over the years and how badly they have whiffed on basically player after player after player going all the way back like 2006, where this is where they, you know, this that was number 19 overall that year. That's where they were drafting. They took Quincy Duby, very nice mm-hmm. college basketball player, but they took him ahead of Rajon Rondo and Kyle Lowry. Rondo was two spots behind him. Lowry, five spots behind him. Uh, in 20, uh, t- 2007, they took Spencer Hawes. There was really nobody of note behind him at that point. But it really gets interesting from like 2008 to 2016 and beyond. Uh, in 2008, they took Jason Thompson. Now, he was taken ahead of Robin Lopez, Roy Hibbert, and Serge Ibaka. In 2009, they selected Tyreek Evans ahead of Steph Curry, DeMar DeRozan, Drew Holiday, and Jeff Teague. Mm-hmm. I think they got it right in 2010. DeMarcus Cousins went fifth overall. Is uh, DeMar DeRozan that old? Yeah, he's been in the league for that long. Is that right? Yeah, he was in the same draft. 2009, when he came out of USC. Now he's in his 30s, yeah. I didn't think he was that old. Played with uh, the Raptors for a long time. I remember watching him play in the NCAA tournament. It was not that long ago. Yeah, yeah. Now, I think they got it right in 2010 with DeMarcus Cousins. You, he he went fifth. At the time, Cousins was a good pick. I mean, you look back at it now and you say, well, I don't know, that that was another draft mistake. But at the time, I think it was a pretty good pick. Yeah, and Cousins went healthy. I would argue that Cousins is one of – I'm not saying he's one of the best, but what he could do with sure. his body frame, we were looking at one of the most talented big guys I've ever seen. I mean, he's six foot eleven. No doubt. He can dribble the ball from one side of the court to the other, lead to the fast break, go between his legs, and shoot from twenty seven feet. I mean, and he's two hundred and seventy five pounds. Yeah. That was a good I'm, pick. I'm not gonna fault the Kings for taking a guy like Demarcus Cousins, who had all the talent in the world. Uh, but some of the other draft mistakes, I mean, Thomas Robinson, he was a uh, he played at Kansas for ten years, I think. Yeah, guess who went one pick behind him? Uh Somebody pretty good. Stephen Curry. Damian Lillard. Oh, okay. Yeah. But see, it doesn't matter because when you go back and look at the whole list, they could never, like, one year, it's a guard, and they would whiff on a big guy. Mm-hmm. And the next year, it would be a big guy, and they would whiff on a guard. <laughs> like, they could never, ever get it right. They whiffed on so many guys, like I talked about. Ben McLemore. Now, I'm not going to fault him for this either. He was taken seventh overall in 2013. Giannis went 15th. But a mm-hmm. ton of teams struck out on Giannis. Well, that 2013 draft was a disaster for a lot of teams. I, I wonder how so many NBA GMs and front office guys survived that draft because 
Uh, I was at that draft in Brooklyn, and that's when uh, UNLV's Anthony Bennett went number one. Stunned a lot of people. And the fact that the freak, Greek freak, dropped that far in that draft. What are you doing? What are your scouts doing? How is that possible? For so many teams not to actually see what potentially – now, he's – developed into like the best player in the NBA. He sure has, but you look at him physically right now and you're thinking of if, if scouts watch this guy, even when he's young, how's, how's he slipped to, what was it, the 14th or 15th? 14th, 15th, yeah, yeah, in that range, yeah. Yep. There was, uh, oh, by the way, in 2011, they took Bismack Biombo ahead of Kemba Walker, Clay Thompson, and Ka- Ka- Kawhi Leonard. Mm. Kawhi, yeah. Um, 2015, Willie Cauley-Stein ahead of Miles Turner and Devin Booker. In 2016, Matt, how about this? They took Marquise Chris out of Washington ahead of DeMontis Sabonis, who went three picks later. And now, fast forward six years, they have their guy. All they had to do was give up Halliburton and Buddy Heald. And I would argue that, again, Halliburton is one of the guys they got right. Buddy mm-hmm. Heald, one of the guys. Okay, uh, but the most egregious of all time for this team was 2018. Number two overall, they took Marvin Bagley out of Duke. He only went ahead of Luka, Jaron Jackson, and Trey Young. Yeah. In that exact order. You know, the thing is, coming out of college, Marvin Bagley was a stud. And there were a lot of people who thought that Bagley uh, deserved to be drafted in that spot at the time. Uh, because nobody, a lot of people didn't know how good Luka Doncic was going to be. I watched Luka. I watched some uh, uh, highlight tapes of him in Europe before that draft. And I remember talking with JVT on, on the show before the draft. I said, I, I think... Lucas should be the number one pick in this draft, but I liked Bagley a lot at the time, too. I did not think he was going to be, let's say, he hasn't been terrible. He hasn't been a complete bust, but I thought he was going to be a much, much better NBA player uh, than he's been. But uh, the fact that Luca went number three is crazy. Well, I would agree with that, too. And I thought well, Bagley at Duke was awesome, no doubt. Yeah. But the NBA, I and mean, NBA has been position, positionless for a long time now, but it's a guard-heavy league, Matt. And you have a guy like Luca and... No you know, like Fran Fraschilla and David Thorpe on this show was saying, uh, no, Luca is going to be like generational. Sure. And you had guys like that come on the show and say that Luca's team over in Europe, like that league was so good. To put it in perspective, like David Thorpe would tell us that that team, the North Carolina won the national title that year. He goes, mm-hmm. guys, I watch all these games. Luca's team in Croatia, they would beat North Carolina by 40 points. Like people have no idea how good they are. And Luca comes into the NBA and takes it by storm, and all three of those players were available, and they take a guy who's 6'11", and the NBA has changed over the years. You know? It's not only this and how many bad draft picks, but also, like, the failure at head top with the head coach, too. I mean, since Rick Adelman left, by the way, he won 63% of his games mm-hmm. in, like, an eight, eight or nine-year stretch. Look at this. Look at the list of coaches they have had since 2006. Well, I see a couple of good names on that list, but, so, but they, they, they never give them time, though. No, they won't. You got to give the the coach time to draft the right players and develop them. And in the NBA, most head coaches don't have a long shelf life. And when you're in Sacramento, you have an extremely short shelf life. Eric Musselman's a great coach. Absolutely, <clears throat> definitely a great college coach. I don't know if he's a great NBA coach in 2006 and seven, uh, but obviously there are a couple names on that list. He got one year, by the way. There are a couple. There are more than a few guys on that list who can coach. The problem is the Kings. It's just an organizational failure from the top down. You see the same thing in the NFL with uh, franchises like the franchises like the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. The Kings and the Lions are similar, right? And in, uh, in what they do wrong. Yeah, I don't remember the Kenny Nat era as the Kings head coach. Anyway, <laughs> Luke Walton, believe it or not, 
of all those coaches on the uh-huh. list, had the highest winning percentage out of any of them. Mm. And he lasted for, what, like less than two years? Yeah. Uh, here's my advice, though, with the Kings. Play, pay, pay, uh, attention to player props. He did not get it done last night, but Davian Mitchell was awesome when he got 30-plus minutes in the last six games. He was in foul trouble last night. His player prop stayed under, but De'Aaron Fox went crazy last night. So you remove those two guys from the lineup, and now all of a sudden the usage is going to go up for De'Aaron Fox and certainly a guy like Davian Mitchell. I would pay attention to if they're posting low numbers on those two players, and I think De'Aaron Fox was in the low 30s last night. Man, that's the way you want to approach betting the Kings uh, games moving forward. This hour of Follow the Money is presented exclusively by BetRivers, your hometown sportsbook. Check out their daily specials at BetRivers.com. We will recap the betting action from last night across um, all sports, including what took place with favorites yet again in the NBA. They continue to kill it. Details coming up next. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to, like, choose a more challenging route than just, like, da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been, like, easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and, like, so simple? And what else was it going to... Like, that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Some Lose Some is presented by Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Check out their daily specials at BetRivers.com. Were you a winner last night? Wow, winning. Or was it a rough one? Well, they can't all be winners, can they? Loser! You're a loser! Molly Howard recaps the night in sports betting in Win Some, Lose Some. Here we go. Last night in the NHL, dogs 5-2 and two straight up. Senators, 2-1 in the money line against the Hurricanes. They won 4-3. Blue Jackets, plus 210 at the Caps. They won 5-4. Overs went 5-2 last night. And they're back. The Devils had a 16-game streak in which a goal was scored in the first 10 minutes in their games. Snapped the other night while they're back on track. Yes, now 17-1. Again, that is opening around minus 150 early in the morning. Soccer, Burnley, Manchester, uh, Man U. Draw, 3-1. NBA favorites, 25-3-1 ATS run. 27-2 straight up the last four days. 9-1 last night against the uh, closing number. Celtics, 5.5 to 9.5 at the Nets. They were up 28-2 in that game. 126-91 victories. Yeah, 28-2. Blake Griffin carried the Nets early with two points. Yes, he did in the first, like, six minutes. By the way, JBT on the show yesterday liked the under 216.5, and that moved to, like, 212, I believe. Ennis Freedom with a three. A meaningless three with like 20. What's he doing shooting a three when you're up by 30 points? Get out of there. And it goes over by the hook. Sick. Hawks, nine and a half to 12 and a half against the Pacers. Led the entire time by 20. They won 133 to 112. Pelicans from seven to nine and under 227 to 224 against Houston. They took care of business 110 to 97. Nuggets, six and a half to nine and a half against the Knicks. 
Boy, the Knicks. Oh, that is tough to watch. Nuggets won 132 to 115. Magic plus three and a half to minus one at Portland after their trade yesterday. 113 to 95 Orlando. How about this game? The Bucks three and a half and over 230 to 234 at the Lakers. A wire to wire job, 131 to 116. I watched most of that game. Embarrassing defensively for the Lakers. Giannis was 17 to 20 from the floor. They got whatever they wanted. There was zero resistance. Hey, started 11 for 11. We got a lot to talk about. We uh, we covered the Kings to open the show. We have a lot to talk about with the Lakers as well. T Wolves three and a half to eight, eight and a half at the Kings. They won by 20, mm-hmm. 134 to 114. The T Wolves are good. They are legit. They can be a threat this year. That's not going to be a fun team to play in the first round if they get in there. College basketball, Central Michigan money line, four to one at Ball State. They won in overtime, 89 to 85. Evansville, 4-1 at Indiana State. They won 65-59. Portland, money line. How about that? Plus 850 at San Francisco. Some huge upsets recently in the West Coast. 69-68, Portland got it done. What did we just talked about the past couple days, how the West Coast Conference has been a little bit disappointing below Gonzaga. BYU's gone in the tank. San Francisco, welcome to the NIT. Oh, boy. The talk was, Matt, a couple of weeks ago about that conference getting four teams in. Well, I wasn't talking about that. Uh, that's but, not happening. But some people were. I actually heard uh, last night on CBS Sports, that was a John, uh, what's his name, Rothstein, yeah. say the Mountain West is going to get five teams. That's not going to happen. West Coast Conference is not getting four. The Mountain West is not getting five. Five. That feels very aggressive. Come on. Uh, NBA favorites again last night, 9-1 and one ATS against the closing line. Hello. That goes all the way back to, like, Saturday where favorites are absolutely killing it. We got, like, five or six games on the schedule tonight. That's been a good few days for the betting public in the NBA, cashing a lot of tickets on the association. A lot of favorite parlays rolling in. Yep. All right, to the videos. Uh, you know, I go back and forth. We have loved the dog videos for a long time. <laughs> then bear bear videos got so good, I think, that they were catching up to dog videos. Then elephant videos started to, to pop up. I, I, I'm always good for a good... I'm always ready for a good sloth video. Check this out now. Hanging by the rope, partners in crime, the one sloth is upside down, cuddling with each other. Now that's impressive, huh? Wouldn't you like to go visit some sloths at a zoo sometime, Matt? Where do you find sloths? What are their native uh, territories? Ooh. I wish I knew. I wish I had that. I don't, I, I was I don't that know a lot about sloths. Um, Australia? They kind of look like uh, Is that pandas. a bad guess? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, sloth videos South are America? always good. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Okay. All right. All right, we go from the sloth video. And here you go. The aforementioned elephants. Look at this now. They have the seesaw. And then the elephant jumps on it. One guy goes flying up for the dunk. And the second guy here, the big fella, oh, the seesaw. Yeah. The teeter-totter breaks in half. Uh. Would you do that, you think, Matt? If, if you were guaranteed <clears throat> to go flying up and dunk it like this and do a 360. Uh, when I was younger, I would have. Now, close to 50, now. Because uh, that, that's got blown ACL written all uh, over yeah. it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, lose some last night. 76ers from plus one and a half to minus one and a half versus the Suns. They lost 114 to 109. Well, that's one of the ways I've been approaching the NBA here because the Suns are so good in the clutch that betting them in a close game 
with about five or six minutes left, has been a not, you know has been a, a very good money maker here lately. Yeah, just don't ask the Suns to protect a 15 point lead with a minute 40 to go. Absolutely right in but Chicago, if, but if it's within a couple of points late, bet on the Suns and you're cleaning house. And exactly. that was one of the winners I yeah, had last yeah. night. So and Booker was great. Embiid with a very good game, fun game to watch. But uh, the Suns got it done. They they are. I, I mean, this the, to follow up last year's run to the NBA title, what they've done so far this year. Tip of the cap, man. That's excellent. You know, right now, you look at the NBA futures boards and you see the Warriors favored in most spots, including Circa and the Westgate Superbook. And um, the Suns are the second choice. Do you agree with that? Do you think the Warriors should be slight favorites over the Suns? Oh, I think, well, it depends on the. So if you're telling me I could catch plus money. You're talking about 4 to 1, 9 to 2, 5 to 1, you know, odds in that range right. for those two teams. So if those two teams met. In the playoffs, and the Suns had home court, and I can get plus money on Phoenix. Uh-huh. I would absolutely bet it. Yeah. Okay. I would have to take plus money with a with them. Home court. Yeah, with home court. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. And uh, I think we have a tweet from college basketball last night too. This is something else. Last time, when was the last time there was a Division One game in which neither team had an offensive rebound? Indiana State at Evansville pulled that off tonight. Ken Pomeroy says, what a masterpiece. Hasn't happened in at least the last 25 years. The previous low was two, Columbia Princeton in 2006. We had a game last night in college basketball that did not feature one offensive rebound. You know, I would say the same thing most people would say when they see that. How is that even possible? Uh Uh-huh. Because that's the first thought that comes to your mind. That should be impossible. Right. I don't know how you can play 40 minutes without an offensive rebound. No. Uh, win some, lose some, presented by Bet Rivers, your hometown sports book, where you can claim your 100% first deposit match bonus now with the code 250MATCH. Learn more at betrivers.com. 250MATCH is the bonus code. Can I give you a little bit of information on sloths? Yeah. Uh, the sluggish tree, tree dwellers of uh, Central and South America. Yeah, well, yeah, that was I your... said that well. Yep. Sluggish tree dwellers of Central and South America. Spend their lives in the tropical rainforest. They move through at a rate of about 40 yards per day. 40 yards per day. That's how you get the name Sloth. Huh. That's definitely me. Central and South America. There look you at go. that. See? That's, come on. You wouldn't like to see that in person? I can pass on that. Really? Why? What's exciting about that? To see a sloth in person? Well, I'm watching a video right here. That's and, enough for and me. And you don't care? Huh? You no. don't care? Does anything intrigue you? Like, would you, how about like an albino deer? <laughs> Any interest at all? I know. Don't care? I can watch the video. That's enough. Okay. Yeah, right. Do you have to see it in person? How about a, a bear in the wild? You ever seen I've one of seen those? I've seen a bear in the wild. And? Yeah. You took a nap right afterwards? Nothing no, Nothing no. to see here? No, I think bears are cool. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Up, I saw a bear up in uh, Idaho. I've seen bears in Montana, um, California, Colorado. I've seen plenty of bears. Uh, let's see, I was on a putting green out at, let's see, Coyote Springs here in uh, Vegas, and I turned around, and five feet standing behind me was a, a real-life coyote. I heard something rustling right behind uh-huh. me, and like five feet behind me was standing a coyote. And then it saw you, and you moved stood, a little bit, and it took stood, off? It just stood there and watched me putt, and then I walked off the green, and he just took kind off. of jogged the other direction. Yeah. Uh, by the way, side out, how good was college basketball last night? Uh, it was pretty good. I was a little bit uh, frustrated with a couple of results in the second half of a couple games last night, but uh, really, in terms of uh, theater, 
it's hard to top, man. You're talking about the court storm and mm-hmm. Fayetteville, Arkansas, and a great game in the Big Ten last night. There were a lot of really good games in college hoops last night. I, I never understand it when people say, I don't start watching college basketball until March. Yeah. How do you not start watching college basketball in November, December? Jay, you're missing so many good games, and I have a lot of people contact me when the tournament starts that I haven't heard from All year long. since football season ended. Hey, what what are your best bets for the tournament? You know, the first week sure. of the tournament. They haven't bet college basketball for the last three months. I don't it's know. Wild. I, th- I think more people need to get into college hoops before March. I would agree. Yeah. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are city casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcast. Uh, Super Bowl props coming up next, and the plus money on this one is long gone. Is it ever coming back? Details on it coming up next. The Sports Betting Network. Bet River Sportsbook bettors sure hit a jackpot. Their odds boost house specials gave away more than $3 million in cash. The biggest hit was bettors who bet on the four-player parlay to score a touchdown. The lucky players turned 50 bucks into more than 1000 when Kelsey, Chase, Cup, and Debo Samuel all reached the end zone on Championship Sunday. That's right, more than $3 million in payouts in one day. Bet Rivers loves winning, and the amazing odds boosts keep going on the drive to the big game. Visit Bet Rivers Sportsbook today and check out all of the options along with exclusive new promotions for sports bettors. Must be 21 plus, available in New York only. Void where prohibited, gambling problem, call 8778 Hope NY or text Hope NY at 467 369. Again, text Hope NY four six seven three six nine. Okay, so the latest Matt with Bet Rivers and this prop on the opening kickoff to be a touchback. The yes no at the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. This has been a big talking point here on this network now, going all the way back to last Monday. How it's been betting the no has been so successful going back, and this is actually a relatively new prop, right? This hasn't been on the board for Super Bowls for the last twenty five years. It's been you know a handful of years. But last year, the yes on the touchback opened up as you know three dollars as the favorite. You could have grabbed plus two thirty or higher, right. and this year it opened up at plus one eighty on the note some spots. And now at Bet Rivers, the yes is minus one eighteen, the no is minus one oh six. But I went and looked. So Bet Rivers is not here in Las Vegas, right? I did look at some Las Vegas sports books, and it's the same exact thing. So. Plus 180 down to plus 160 down to plus 145 to plus 130. Now it's minus 110 each way at mm-hmm. several books. That's a dramatic shift in the price on that prop. And you talked about this on uh, our opening line show Sunday night about what did you say, 26 of the last 28 years? Yeah, 92.9%. Wow. So obviously that price was mispropped last, mispriced last year. Mm-hmm. And what do you think the proper price is for this prop? Well, okay. If it, if oh, let me ask you this, let me let me answer your question with a question. If in fact it's no touchback again this year, and now word is out, right? I mean, so everybody knows about this. 
and we've seen it move all the way to minus 110 basically each, each way. What if it closes in this neighborhood? So if this prop closes 110 yes, 110 no, do sports books open it up at that number next year for the Super Bowl? My guess is yes. I don't think they're going to offer plus money on the no. I don't think you're going to see plus money. So I think it's dead. I think that's it. If it happens the way you, you just described it this year. Right. And, and if they continue to have the same procedure moving forward and they don't address it where it's going to be the same thing mm-hmm. and, again, the ball is taken out of the box, the kickers have no opportunity whatsoever to break the ball in, loosen it up a little bit. They put it on the tee. And, again, the key to this whole thing is Pat McAfee telling us over the, you know, like last year, it's, it was like kicking a brick. And the goal is as soon as the, the ball is kicked off and the opposing team catches it and runs it out, that ball goes to the – it's a K-ball. It's a special K-ball. It's not a ball they, and they take it to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. That's huge information. Yeah, no question. You capitalized on that. Nice job. I think that's great info from Pat McAfee last year about how hard it is to kick that ball. Right. And uh, it's going to be interesting because this year – you know, you're playing at SoFi Stadium, perfect kicking conditions. Uh, you would think there's a decent chance for a touchback. But if this kick falls well short, too, right. a, uh, I'm surprised the NFL actually doesn't change the procedure with that football to open the game. Um, maybe they just don't care. Well, and by the way, maybe they're doing it this year and nobody knows about it, and this is going to be a losing proposition. Mm. And, you know, again, it's only happened twice going all the way back to since 1994, happened in 2013 and 2017. That's it. And McPherson certainly has the leg to, like, put it out of the end zone. Um, you know, again, how much is that going to be affected by how hard the ball actually is? Um, but, you know, this, again, this could be a loser to start the game, no doubt. I mean, nothing is a lock for sure, but it would be a really nice start to the Super Bowl for me and I think many others if this, in fact, is brought out of the end zone or kicked short and it's not a touchback. Yeah, you're right. And you, you don't want McPherson kicking off to open the game. No, we want gay. Now, you can actually bet on a lot of books will offer this the first kickoff by Matt Gay to be a touchback. Right. I noticed that the yes was minus 120, no was even money on McPherson. The yes was minus 150, no was plus 130. So the expectations there on McPherson is, in fact, to kick it deep enough so it's not going to be brought out. Right. I think, yeah, you got to bet that prop against Gay to kick a touchback. Yeah. Now. To me, this is more, way more entertaining than the coin flip. Because I don't, I don't bet on the coin flip. No. I know a, a guy in uh, North Dakota who claimed, and maybe he's, uh, maybe he has a special talent for predicting coin flips, but he called the coin flip correctly in 14 consecutive Super Bowls. And Get out of here. And a streak ended last year. Get out of here. Is that right? What he said. Documented? I don't know if it's documented. Hmm. But he's a trustworthy guy. He said 14 years in a row. He called the coin flip correctly. How'd he break that down? <laughs> I always just go with tails never fails. Okay. I like that. That's <laughs> solid. Uh, other props that you can find yeah. with the kickers involved. Either team to miss a PAT. The yes is plus 350. You can also just bet on each individual team. The Rams to miss a point after try is plus 650. And then the number on McPherson and the Bengals even higher the yes is 7-1 to one on him to miss an extra point. The no is minus $15. Kid's been automatic so far in the playoffs. And here he is discussing his hero, Adam Vinatieri. 
No, Adam's definitely a guy that I've looked up to and, and watched a lot of videos on um, growing up as a kid. And shoot, I mean, still today, I, I love to watch, you know, his run with the Patriots when, you know, he's kicking game winners um, in the Super Bowl. And, you know, I think every, that's every kid's dream is to kind of kick the game-winning field goal in the Super Bowl. And so he, he's definitely um, meant a lot to me and in my career. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Good for him because you don't hear about that all the time where, eh, my hero was Adam Vinatieri. Well, McPherson knew that he was going to be a kicker. And that's okay, yeah. obviously. Um, and the kids, again, how important are kickers? When you have a good one, it's super oh, important. Man, think about Justin Tucker oh. and what, what a difference he's made for the Ravens in so many games over the years. If you can find a kicker like that, and it looks like the Bengals might have that type of guy in McPherson. Does uh, is it just me or McPherson and Joe Burrow each look like they're about 15 years old? It is something else, isn't it? Are yeah. we getting old, or do they really look super young? Oh, I mean, he look at that. Baby face. He looks like he's 17. He's high school freshman. Yeah. Same thing with Burrow. Man, he's 25. Doesn't look it to me. I'd card Joe Burrow. Wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. Joe's up here at Circa at Stadium Swim. Like, hey, guys, let's have a weekend. Uh, sir, you're not allowed. How old are you? Oh, you're Joe Burrow? Okay, yeah, you're 25, I guess. I would have guessed 19. Uh, other creative props. How about either team to score on their first offensive play? The yes is 40 to 1. The no is minus 8,000. Bengals to score on their first offensive play. The yes is 65 to 1. They certainly have guys that are capable, including Jamar Chase. And the Rams, could they actually take one out? Let's say it is a touchback and they mm-hmm. get it at the 25 yard line. Could they could they zip one down to Cooper Cup and he takes it seventy five yards of the house or you know maybe maybe Jamar Chase yeah Chase would be a guy for the Bengals Beckham you definitely got a couple of guys who can take it the distance here but uh, you, that's that's basically just like a uh, that's something you bet small and just hope for a miracle no it's a total pipe dream it's yeah right you're putting a couple bucks Those on are that entertainment bets yeah maybe Beckham would be one of those guys and again huge mid season addition. For the Rams, he's super happy that he went there and joined Matthew Stafford, Sean McVay, and the guy who was almost the MVP this year. He talked about what it's like to play with Cooper Cup. Coming here and being with Coop has just been uh, really, really amazing for me to, you know, you come in somewhere where they have their guy and you you watch and you witness greatness between him and Stafford uh, as far as the attention to detail the relationship that they have, like that's everything that you want as far as a QB and a receiver. Um, details, the way he actually runs routes, the football knowledge, all of those things where we get to sit there and, and conversate and I'm also, I'm always going to gain off of someone else. Um, you know, so it's just been great. Honestly, I, I've learned so much from him. I guess uh, he did not, OBJ did not have that relationship with Baker Mayfield. No, evidently not. No. So some fun and creative props here that you can find to bet on the game. And I do like this one. Matt, what do you think happens first? Touchdown minus 125 or sack is, is uh, even money? Uh, I'd probably go sack, yeah. even money. I'm not going to lay a price on that. No, neither am I. I think sack would be a good bet there. Um, if you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting. From the local perspective, we're talking about city casts. In Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now even Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcast. 
Uh, we will discuss tonight's betting card in college hoops and time to step your game up. Three teams are still hitting at 80-plus percent in this sport. Details on that coming up next. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know... What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. The Sports Betting Network. You know that VSIN is the best place to get all of the betting insights for the big game, and right now you can sign up for free. Our free big game betting guide is available. This digital guide gives you trends, strategies, props to watch, and tips from our experts. Visit vsin.com slash Super Bowl to get your free guide and get ready for the biggest football betting action of the year. Mitch? I, yep. Point Spread Weekly is now done and uh, ready to be put out today, the VEASAN Digital Magazine. Guess who's on the cover for the Super Bowl edition? Okay, well, last week, the network took the easy way out and put both teams on the cover. Yeah, nobody could lose last week. Right. Uh, I think it was Cooper Cup and... Uh, Jamar Chase. I'm gonna cover. I'm gonna go Zach Taylor and Sean McVay. Matthew Stafford. Uh, he was he was actually my second guess. Matthew Stafford. So the Veasan Point Spread Weekly cover jinx. We'll see if it uh, hits Matthew Stafford in the Super Bowl. Is that jinx now two and seventeen? Yeah, something like that. Uh, it goes back to really October when the Lakers were on the cover. Of the NBA preseason guide. Oh, how's that going for him? It's not going well for the Lakers, who are now three games under 500. And uh, we'll talk more about that. But uh, the Lakers really need to make a move at the trade deadline. Yep. But I'm not sure what they can do to salvage the situation. Well, that's why what the Kings did yesterday, maybe they don't want to help out the <clears throat> Lakers. I get that. How'd the Kings not talk to a contender? You couldn't get, and I, again, I like Sabonis. Uh huh. But the Pacers, they also stink. What's the end game here? I'm not sure. Uh, they acquired a 21-year-old kid who's really, really good. Buddy Heald's great from downtown. But, like, Buddy Heald was the guy the Lakers should have gotten exactly. in that's the offseason. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. And said they gave up too, way too many pieces for Westbrook. And that's, it's again, bench last night in the fourth quarter. Yeah, he played five minutes in the fourth quarter last night. had 10 points. The first time I checked the box score, he was 0 for 4 from the field last night. I've, I've never... 
uh, from the beginning and when the Lakers were making the deal for Westbrook, I, I've never been on board with that. I said he was the wrong guy for that team. First of all, the Lakers are a lot more effective when LeBron is like the point forward yep. when he runs the offense. And uh, you can't tell me that a ball-dominant guy like Russell oh. Westbrook was going to work in that offense, especially because Westbrook thinks he's a jump shooter, and he's not. It's funny sometimes to watch him with the ball outside the three-point line, and the defense will just sag off and say, go ahead, Russ, take your best shot. Yep, yep. And I'll tell you what right now, <clears throat> I'm, I, you know, I pride myself in being a pretty good guy at reading body language. Uh-huh. Russell Westbrook has always been like a super confident guy out there in the court. Of course. He is shot right now. He has zero confidence on the basketball court. And for him, the guy's never been a good shooter. He has to have confidence to go out there and be at, because he's, let's be honest here, he is one of the most athletic point guards to ever play the game. Maybe, in fact, the most athletic. He doesn't even, he doesn't play like that anymore. It's it's completely in his head. He he doesn't fit into the Lakers' offensive system. No, in my estimation, I, I thought that was a bad move from the start. You just don't grab big. This is not fantasy basketball where you just put a bunch of stars down on paper and it works. The chemistry, the system's going to be able to work, and he he's not a guy who's going to work in that Lakers' offensive system. Yeah, well put. Okay, so the best and worst teams in the NBA right now, ATS. The Lakers are not among the best. No, uh, Memphis. On top now, and what a story this is, 37-19 ATS. By the way, if you're paying attention to their games, if they wanted to, they could score like 150 right now. That's how That's how this team is thriving at this point. Mm-hmm. They scored more than, what, 130 last night? Nobody can slow this team down except for Dallas. Dallas is the one team to keep them below 100 points, and they did it all four times they met this year, but awesome right now. The Thunder, 32-18-3, ATS 64%. The Cavaliers are 32-19-3. And and then the next four teams on the list, the Raptors, Bulls, Heat, and Warriors round out the top seven teams ATS in the NBA. Your worst teams, well, no surprise here with the Nets. Look at that now, Matt. 15 games below 500 against the spread, 19-34-1. The Blazers, 21-34. The Wiz, 20-32-1. And And now news last night, Bradley Beal out for the season. The Rockets are 22-31-1. The Jazz, seven games below 500. And there you go with the Lakers, 24-31 ATS on the year. And before the season, a lot of talk. How about a Nets-Lakers NBA Finals? How about not? Yeah. Uh, Two of the worst teams in the association, ATS. The best over teams, Miami, 34-21. The T-Wolves again last night, 32-22. Watch a Minnesota game if you have time. I can't believe I'm saying that. They they are they're not as like entertaining as Memphis to me, but they're getting up there. Lakers 32 and 23 because they play no defense. Again, embarrassing last night what that was against the Bucks. The Bulls 30 22 and two to the over. Rockets 30 23 and one. Your best teams to the under. Mavs 35 18 and two. Cavs 33 20 and one. Golden State 32 20 and two. They're in action tonight against Utah. The Pelicans, 32-22, and 22, and then the Thunder, the 76ers, and the Celtics. College basketball, best teams ATS. Cashing tickets is what it's all about. I don't care if this is Duke, Gonzaga, or Cornell. Cornell, 13-4, 76.5% on the year. Norfolk State, 12-4-1. Toledo got it done last night against Ohio, 17-6 ATS. Jacksonville 14 and 5, Middle Tennessee 14, 5 and 1. Your worst teams in college basketball, ATS. 
Mad Memphis is 4-15-2. Morgan State's 3-11. Pacific 5-17. Although last night against USC, catching a huge number. Mm-hmm. There's also a USC team without Mobley uh, last night, and that made a difference, but the Trojans were lucky to escape in that game. They were down for a majority of that mm-hmm. game. Radford 5-15, NC State 6-18, Miami 5-15. Your best teams in college basketball to the over. Bowling Green, 17-5. and five. Folks at 77.3%. Oregon State, 14-5-1. Princeton, 14-5. Manhattan, 14-5-1. Delaware, 16-6. Iowa, 15-6-1. That's the same as Weber State. And UMass is 15-6. All those teams above 70% on the year to the over. Yeah, Iowa's going to be on that list almost every year with Fran McCaffrey as coach because I yep. say he coaches one end of the floor. It's all offense, no defense, so... That's a trend you should uh, look to follow with the Hawkeyes. Your best teams to the under. Again, three teams here coming in at 80% or better. Austin P, 15-3-1 to the under. <laughs> Eastern Illinois, 17-4. IUPUI's got a new logo. Uh, yeah, they do. Uh, UC Irvine, 12-3-1. That'd be something if they copied Indiana, huh? IUPUI, 15-4. Riverside, 13-4. <clears throat> That's the same as Georgia State. And South Florida, 16-5. All those teams... Coming in at 76% or higher to the under in college basketball. So there you go. Your best and worst teams ATS. And with uh, totals, NBA and college basketball. So I did bet Illinois second half last night. Plus four and a half was the number. Mm-hmm. They led by two at Purdue. And they did that, what, without uh, Coburn in the lineup for like the last five or six minutes of the first half? They picked up a second foul, had to go to the bench. I think it was the right move by uh, Brad Underwood sure. at the time because you saved him for the second half. Uh, I had uh, Illinois plus six and a half for the game. Felt pretty good at halftime, 38-36. Things were basically going the way I thought they would last night. And then the second half, the Illini just unraveled. Purdue played a really efficient offensive uh, second half and uh, blew out the Illini 84-68. So, you know, <clears throat> they say the um, – Nothing's more meaningless than the halftime score, unless you bet the first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, and last night, I led at half in the Illinois-Purdue game and also led at half in the uh, Utah State-Wyoming game, and that was kind of wild how that one finished uh, last night as well. <clears throat> and a number that opened two and a half, dropped to one, closed at two or two and a half, and then Utah State blew a late lead and lost by two in overtime. Yeah. <clears throat> how about the Auburn-Arkansas game? Because it looked like uh, Arkansas had a chance to really pull away in the first half and build a big lead. Didn't do it. Didn't capitalize on that. And uh, Ar- Auburn took the lead late in regulation. Looked like the Tigers were going to win the game. Note with a big game for the Razorbacks. Big shot uh, from three. And uh, But the last possession of regulation, Mitch, uh, you and I were talking about this before the show, and I hate to see things like this. Auburn had a lot of time on the clock. The defense is at your mercy. Drive to the hoop. You got NBA talent around you. You got Jabari Smith. You got plenty of options offensively. And uh, uh, the Auburn guard chucks up a thirty-foot uh, jumper from the top with so uh, six or seven seconds left on the clock. That's just a horrendous uh, final possession last night by Auburn in regulation. Arkansas fans storm the floor. Number one goes down, eighty to seventy-six, and then the Big Ten. Uh, we did get a good winner with Wisconsin last night. That was night. a good call by you. Uh, wire-to-wire underdog winner in East Lansing with the Badgers. First hour of Follow the Money is presented exclusively by Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. 
Get a 100% first deposit match bonus now with the code 250MATCH. Must be 21 plus. Offer is not valid in all areas. Check BetRivers.com for full offer details and rules. Professional sports better Frank B is going to join the show coming up next. One of the very best in the business. And he is strong on two different Joe Burrow props um, that are somewhat correlated. He'll share some of his favorite props coming up next. Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. 